Aaron Bronstetter, TSN's MMA reporter, and one of the first people that I worked with in this business many, many eons ago, joins us now in gameplay. Bronstetter, what's up, man? I think this is our first enough to give yourself credibility on the show. Uh, you broke up there for a second, but you were saying something nice about me, so I'll give you the opportunity to test the phone line and see if uh, the compliment comes out again. What did you say there, pal? Can you hear me okay now? Seems it, potentially. Give me a longer okay. read. What was the compliment that you were giving me about working together? I was actually saying we had never worked together, and you're just trying to do this to boost your own credibility. Oh, yeah. Then, then that, that's also a real tactic, too, right? Yeah, we're still just... the same guy that, we worked with, that you worked with back in the day, right? But, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll take shots at each other. I mean, you and I worked at a radio station where that was uh, the culture, was just, uh, you know, taking shots at each other. We used to, uh, Eric Cohen, who's a colleague of ours at TSN now, we used to, like, uh, hide stuff in his office and scare him and, like, hide his cell phone in the ceiling, you know? Fun stuff like that, but uh, now we're, we're adults and we don't do that kind of thing. We, yeah, we're, we're adults. Uh, what's crazy is that back in the day when we were doing gambling sports talk radio, uh, the end of the 2000s, we're talking like UFC 100 era, right? That was, bit, that was where like my love of MMA started when we were doing the Sirius Satellite Radio Station. We were bringing through guys like Forrest Griffin and Heath Herring. And, am I right? Would Daniel Cormier come in on our shows as well? I don't remember if Daniel was there. I remember Dana White came in and had like a stack of like glossy photos that he handed out to people. Like the UFC was still building at that point in time. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty cool. Like GSP came in. I, you know, a lot of great fighters that ended up being, uh, you know, big stars would just come through our building. It was pretty remarkable. And there was that energy drink that they sponsored uh, that was on the mat. We all had that energy drink. I would crush like Zion. three of those a day. Oh, man. Way back in yeah, the day. Yeah, there's pieces of Zion's energy drink we had. <laughs> And they, they were gone pretty quickly because, as you know, with radio, when you get free stuff, it doesn't last very long. Yeah, 100%. Uh, well, the UFC has grown a little bit, uh, as have we, since uh, that time period. Uh, I saw the, the latest, your latest video post on TSN.ca. Uh, the greats, the top 10 UFC women's fighters of all time. How hard was it to put together this list of top 10, man? It was pretty time-consuming because what we did was, like, here's the methodology, was we sent a survey link out to 24 insiders in the sport. So we're talking broadcasters, fighters themselves, uh, coaches, people just in and around the space. And they had to fill it out. We actually had some spoiled ballots. In fact, one of the spoiled ballots was from Renee Paquette, our old coworker at the score who hey. went out. Um, and unfortunately, her information wasn't registered. But uh, we, we had put this all together just to get a, a really fair, uh, I guess, sample size of people that were going to give us their opinions on this. So we had... Um, then build top 10 lists. And then what we did was we assigned, uh, you know, a point system. So if you got like a first place vote, it's 10 points. If you got a 10th place vote, it's one point and, you know, everything else in between. So we, we did that and this is how we got the results. And the, the criteria for it was you have to be either a former champion, uh, former title challenger, or currently ranked in the top five in order to be eligible for this. And, uh, for the people to consider that we're filling it out was the, I guess, body of work that they've had in the UFC and outside of the UFC, as well as the level of dominance that they've had, the overall level of skills that they had. So people put together a top 10 list, and then we were able to kind of aggregate it and figure out who got the most points and, and put the list together based on those results. Was there any internal struggle about putting Ronda Rousey on this list? Because, of course, uh, she, she was so dominant, but for a short period... And the end of the Ronda Rousey run was the beginning of Amanda Nunes, who's still at the top of the game. Was there any consideration that uh, maybe Ronda didn't deserve to be on that list? 
No, not at all. Because again, this was a survey that was determined by people that filled it out and Rhonda fit the eligibility criteria as a former champion. So mm-hmm. what, what we do is we give everybody the pieces to play. They put in order and then we, the results are, are made, are done uh, by them. I, you know, we didn't sway it or influence it in any way, shape or form. We just gave people the list of candidates. They put in a ranked ballot. So based on their order from one to 10, and then we were able to take the, the scores that each of them got based on the rankings they provided and make a list based on that. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I love Amanda Nunes, and it started from that fight against Ronda Rousey. And the way that she's evolved, the, the challenges that she's faced since then, um, she's just such a headliner and such a storyline. An all-time great. Is there anyone that could knock her off that uh, top spot of the podium that I'm, I'm giving to her? No, I don't think so. And I was actually surprised. She only got 75% of the first vote. Which to me is like, it should be 100%. I, I, right. I, don't, I don't see a great argument for anybody other than Amanda Nunes being the number one pick. Uh, you know, Robin Black and I, we went back and forth on this. He, he says he would put Ronda at number one because she was the, the person that kind of started it all. That women's mixed martial arts in the UFC wouldn't necessarily be what it is today without Ronda Rousey. And I said, well, that's a valid point. It doesn't really, uh, you know, play a part in the actual sample, like in, in the actual greatness that was achieved in the cage. Not, to, not that Ronda didn't achieve greatest in the cage. I mean, she went on one of the craziest streaks of first-round finishes, just dominating everybody. Um, you know, in, in the piece that airs on SportsCenter, I compared her to Mike Tyson in terms of when she was walking to the cage. And, you know, in terms of revisionist history, you might not see it that, that way when you look at her resume today. But when you were in that time and she was dominating everybody, she had that same aura of, like, how long is the person standing across the cage going to last? Yeah. He was beating people in under 20 seconds, and it was really unheard of at the time. And that's what Mike Tyson was doing in boxing. It was like, how long can this person last in the ring with Mike Tyson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was wild to, to watch that period that, uh, that she was so dominant. Uh, it was wild this past weekend to see Israel Adesanya lose uh, to Sean Strickland. How, how crazy was that of an upset for, in your books? Where does that rank? I have it at number one. And a lot of wow. people have argued with me about this because you look at Matt Serra beating GSP, and yeah, that's a great upset because at the time, Matt Serra was coming off the Ultimate Fighter, a show that was who can get back into the UFC. Like right. he was on the outside looking in. And then his next fight, he wins the championship in like, what was it, less than a minute against GSP, caught him and finished him. And that's a, an incredible upset. But if you look at it at the time, George St. Pierre didn't have a single title defense under his belt. In, the, you know, in hindsight, again, it looks amazing because we've seen what GSP has done since then. But we also have to remember, he beat Matt Serra really easily in the next fight. That was one of those things where he got, he got caught, and he has explained why he wasn't on his game that night and all of that. Then there's Juliana Pena beating Amanda Nunes, which I think is also a great candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, she stood in the pocket and traded with Amanda Nunes and finished her in the second round via submission. And at the time, that was just an absolutely shocking thing to happen. But the reason why I have Sean Strickland beating Israel at number one is because he did, he basically beat one of the greatest kickboxers that we've seen come into mixed martial arts at kickboxing. Didn't make a single takedown attempt and over the course of 25 minutes systematically destroyed one of the all-time great strikers in MMA at his own game. And we also have to remember, you know, a lot of people say, well, he knocked Israel down in the first Maybe he wasn't the same after that. Israel won the second round. At the end of the second round on the judges' scorecards, the fight is even. At that point, Sean Strickland now needs to have the mental fortitude to say, I'm not going to let this guy come back and win this fight. And he took the fight by the scruff of his neck and won the next three rounds 
And there were no questions after that fight as to who won. There was not a controversial decision. He beat Israel over the course of 20 minutes. He won four rounds to one. And the first round, you could argue, was a 10-8 round. It was a dominant performance. And that's why I have it as my number one upset, just because of the method in which he was able to do that. We're talking UFC with TSN's MMA expert, Aaron Bronstetter. Uh, last one for you, buddy. Conor McGregor. It seems like this return is going to happen, but we don't have a date. Like, what's going on here? Is he coming back or what? It seems like a lot of things right now, but we don't really know. And we don't really know if he's coming back, when he's coming back. It's, all, it's really shrouded in secrecy, really, because he hasn't re-enrolled in the USADA anti-doping pool. And until he does that, you know, USADA has said we're going to make him have to wait six months before he can compete. That being said, they could be overwritten by the UFC really based on the guidelines that are laid out. But we really don't have any clue as to when Conor McGregor is coming back. Is he going to be facing Michael Chandler? We, there's still so many questions as to what exactly is happening there. Um, and every time he's brought up with Dana White, he'll say, you know, we'll see what happens. But there doesn't seem to be any realistic timetable for his return. You know what's wild is that uh, for the next few months, you and I will be able to have uh, a lot of conversations, cross-sport conversations, me being soccer, you being MMA, of course, about Saudi Arabia. Um, so we can look forward to how that's influenced our, our, our sports of choice uh, over the next little bit. Why don't we just talk more about Japanese mixed martial arts where soccer kicks are allowed in competition and we can have that be the crossover instead. Yeah, I think oh, that would be more fun. Okay, I think it would be more fun. I think less money involved, but you're right. I think it would be more fun. Uh, Bron Setter, this was great, man. I've uh, I've honestly been looking forward to this for a long time, buddy. Uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the weekend's action. I know there's some big fights coming up on UFC Fight Night, and I uh, can't wait to do this again, man. Hey, thanks, man. I love hearing you do your thing here on radio. It brings back uh, some fond memories of, of yesteryear. It's great to catch up. Uh, you know what's funny is I sprinted in here because I uh, I took too long in the, in the commercial break uh, running to the washroom. So it was like the old days, buddy. I kind of felt like it was the old days again. Uh, run, running wow. to make it on time. <laughs> Next time, let's do it in studio. Also, I, I will drive specifically to the studio to do it in studio segment. Uh, awesome, man. I love it. Aaron Bronsetter, our TSN MMA reporter, breaking everything down. Check out that uh, greatest list on tsn.ca. There's our latest video piece there. Top, uh, the greatest top 10 women's fighters list.